0: Hi, I'm Jamie Lewis-Hedges, and this is the A Novel Echo podcast. I tell stories that get you there. Listen to imagine your life, grab your moment, and save your world. This week, being St. Patrick's Day, I'm thinking of one week in Ireland. I have this Irish lineage that my grandmother always talked about, my great-grandfather, Carter Moore, my son's namesake. He survived Harlan County, Kentucky, and worked the coal mines around West Terre Haute, Indiana. People knew him as a redhead and widower who raised six children during the Great Depression. I wanted to see his paternal homeland, and I got that opportunity in 2015 when my boss asked me to vet the Institute of Study Abroad Ireland. Ask me the best places to visit in Ireland? Keep it local. You can pay a pretty penny to any number of glossy leisure travel companies, if that's your thing. The travel industry 1% will thank you. My thing is to get deeper into the local culture and environment. Well, this is the beauty of the Institute of Study Broad Ireland. They're a collective of local residents and businesses whose livelihood depends upon tourism. Our trip leader was the one time rocker, now Doctor of Irish Studies, Neve Hamill. And ours was an immersion into authentic Ireland, fairies, ruins, Guinness and all. definitely spend time in dublin you could spend an entire visit exploring this city with its rich history and culture of course there are castles the colored doors the oscar wild house and nearby statue in marion square love that guy for my part i had to check out the guinness brewery oh yes check that out take a walk through trinity college dublin temple bar is a trendy district for a night on the town Oh, yeah, the nighttime walk across the River Liffey was just beautiful. Across the Isle in Bendoran, County Donegal, is a whole new world. You might not think of Ireland as being a destination for adventure travel, but you would be wrong. Associated with the Institute is the Donegal Adventure Center. With them, you can arrange outdoor recreation that includes high rope climbing, zip lines, cliff jumping, and yes, surfing and at least one evening do yourself a favor order a bag of chips loaded with salt and vinegar from pages cafe take it down to the beach and sit to watch the sunset on the ocean there's more to see than we were able to in the short time that we had if i had things to do over again i would have liked to have taken in the haunts of brahm stoker His book is among my favorites, among the best classics ever written. But a different experience of the dead awaits us. Fields and bends. one special peak fringes the River Boyne. On this particular rise had once been a mound of dirt, rubble, and overgrowth. The farmer who owned it wanted it removed from his pasture, so workmen dug into the mound until they hit a very large boulder. As they brushed away the dirt, they saw distinct and strange symbols carved into the rock and they promptly got their shite away from there. The farmer dug around the boulder to find a tunnel behind it. What was the guy to do? He'd already crossed the threshold into fairy realm, but to invade further and be properfect? That's what he did. Deep into the mound, heavy stone slabs scaffolded the stones above. The passage narrowed to breast width, then it opened to a circular room. The apex of the lithic dome above him was higher than he could reach. Three alcoves recessed in each direction with petroglyphs all around, but no fairies. What the farmer found was the spiritual site of prehistoric Irish, a place for honoring the bones of their interned ancestors. I stood in this hollow that was built before the Egyptian pyramids, now restored to near-authenticity. My heart raced. I walked the tunnel that people did 5,000 years ago in the pre-twilight hours of winter solstice. I breathed in the room where they did as the sun rose outside, beyond sight. And a point of light would creep inward through that same corridor, deep into this earthen body. It would pass between them to light upon the ancestral bones. Bruna Boyne was one of the most profound moments of my life. These spirits pulled at something subconscious and visceral within me. It's difficult to explain unless you feel it. Even with fantastic advances in technology, what about all those who came before? They too pushed the margins of what was possible. Others created this landscape we now stand on, which brings me to this is North and South at Peace
1: Oh Danny boy the pipes the pipes are calling from glen to glen and on the mountainside the summer's gone all the roses fall down tis you tis you must go and I must buy but come ye back when summer's in the meadow or when the valley White with snow desire be here in sunshine or in shadow Oh Danny Boy Oh Danny Boy I love you so.
0: Later on that trip we spent a day in Derry, Northern Ireland. This was one of many landmarks of violence between Ireland and Northern Ireland. During that civil rights struggle, British kept guns pointed downhill at this place. At gunpoint, it was the only place that they allowed Catholics to gather. I shook hands with a man whose brother was killed on Bloody Sunday, 1972. At the beginning of 2018, We mourn the death of Dolores O'Riordan. She was one year younger than I am now. Hers was the passionate voice behind the Cranberries. Their song, Zombie, was in response to a 1993 bombing during that struggle. There were two casualties. Three-year-old Jonathan Ball and 12-year-old Tim Perry. The people of Ireland had collectively had enough they were weary of losing innocent lives to violence. And the year after that bombing, the Irish Republican Army agreed to a ceasefire. Today, after decades of hard work, Ireland is at peace. Around Derry, people have painted the walls with expressions of remembrance and transcendence, peace art, a bright diversity of color where there was once colorless oppression, collective creativity depicting hope where before there was only mindless us versus them. In Samuel Bayer's music video of the Cranberry Zombie, you can see peace paintings in Belfast like the ones I saw here in Derry. The Irish let go of fighting for absolutist positions on either side. Both sides committed to working together across borders to achieve peace. Are we at peace this St. Patrick's Day? Have we had enough in the U.S.? Some are weary of the violence against innocence. Some are weary of losing freedom. But is any of us weary enough to let go of our absolutism? It seems our hatred only deepens over religion, ethnicity, politics. To what end? The Irishman in our family, Carter Moore, worked the mines every day to feed six children. When his last motherless child came of age, his own body broke. Carter became an invalid. The doctor could find no contributing factor other than the years of hard work. He gave his life for you kids, he told my grandmother. If we were to really dig into the fertile soil of our lives, There's a lot of skeletons buried there. I see wisdom in these ancestral rites of winter solstice. There are times when the light should pierce our darkness. There is no shortage of loss and pain beneath these hills we fight over. The generations before us did not live and die for us to sabotage our children's future. They sacrificed their lives to ensure life. If we are to honor their memory and show the same sacrifice, it's time to let go. People on both sides will have to lay down the weapons we use to destroy each other. We must release the ideals for which we fight in order to gain that higher goal, peace. Or how many three and 12 year old children must die to prove you right? Think again if you think I'm talking about gun control. Think again if you think I'm not. Today, I salute peace. I drink to the health of both of our countries. Slancha.